It's the Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine podcast, and I'm Janet Blair. Each week, I sit down with one of my girlfriends, whether it be Amber, Teresa, Natalie, Carrie, Ashley, Tara, Stephanie. We talk about whatever. We completely restore this trailer, you know, fry people's faces off as a bad Mexican. I don't understand the competition that goes on between women. Two girls and a bottle of wine. Over a glass of wine, bottle of wine, or sometimes a couple bottles of wine. Join in on Facebook at facebook.com slash two girls and a bottle of wine. Don't miss us. <laughs> Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Amber. And we are two, two girls and a bottle of wine. wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. We have very exciting stuff today, Amber. Yes, we do. Continuing with her popular action-packed thread series, Author Kaylin McFarrane releases the psychological thriller Twisted Threads this holiday season that just passed us on November 20th, 2017. Oh, yes. And we've got her right now, right here at Two Girls in a Bottle of Wine podcast. Join us in welcoming Kaylin McFarrane. We're very excited to have you on our podcast. You are um, a very established author. Well, I try to be. Yeah. <laughs> 40 plus awards. That's wow. I was like, what? We're really, that's so exciting. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. I haven't done that many books, but they all seem to win awards. So that's <laughs> a real plus for an author. So how many books have you written altogether? Um, I've written five. Okay. Okay. And but, so. Um, but just for fun, I put them into different kinds of contests just to kind of find out if they weren't being published and to get feedback and and surprisingly they win awards so it's it's been very exciting to be in this field so what kind of contest do you put them in well i put them in all kinds of um they're different writing contests so they they might be through rwa through different um organizations that are looking for specific they could be a thriller or an adventure book, or whatever it is, but they are looking specifically for how the the voice and how it's written and the quality of the writing, and they kind of judge it on that. So, okay. but it's but I I've been in so many different contests <laughs> that it, I lose track. <laughs> <laughs> and you, it said that you won your first award when you were eight. Is that correct for a poem that you wrote? Yes, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, years ago. Um, I won an award from, and it's through a rotary through Seattle when I lived in Seattle. And they published it in a newspaper, and then I actually got a little check for it, which was oh, very exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> and so you've basically been writing since you were eight, but you, when did you write your first book? Um, I actually got into writing novels after all my children were gone. So oh, okay. it's, it's been about, oh my goodness, 16 years now. Oh, wow. I first started, you know, typing away. So it's been a while. And how long does it normally take you, what's the timeline when you, from start to finish, does it take you to write one book? Well, typically, the first one took me longer because I wasn't skilled and I was learning how to write. <laughs> but, um, so it took me literally a couple of years to finish it. But the, the, when I figured out how to kind of master the craft a little bit from going to a lot of workshops, the next time I wrote a book, it took about a year. And the last books that I've done in this series because I'm so familiar with the characters. When you write a series, that's your advantage. So it's taken less time. It's taken me probably about six months to write a book. Wow. And then you fine-tune it, go through, do the editing, and it goes to publication. So all in all, it takes about, I try to get a book out a year if I can. Awesome. That's great. And so the 
the recent book that you just put out, which was um, released on November 20th, I believe, um, yes. was Twisted Threads. And that is the fourth book in your series? Or is that the fifth? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. It's really funny because I, in doing this book, I, I told myself it's going to be the last book in the series. <laughs> but when I got it all done, it's like you fall in love with these characters and you hate to let go of them. Yeah. But I felt it's kind of maybe time to move on to something else at this point. <laughs> So if you could, um, when it comes to your characters in, in Twisted Threads, the, the main character, and I think she's present throughout your series, is Akira, correct? Uh, Akira. Yes. Yes. So if you could introduce us to your characters in Twisted Threads so uh-huh. that the listeners can have a better understanding of the, the main characters. Okay, Akira is actually, her real name is Mariko. Abe, and she appears originally in the second book in Buried Threads, and she's a professional geisha that's trained her whole life to entertain and and take care of people. And what ended up happening was she was contracted to a gentleman who is involved with the Yakuza, which is the gangs, um, kind of illegal gangs in Japan. And he was killed, and she believed that the head of his organization was responsible for killing him. So she, in turn, um, attempted to kill him. When she failed, he forced her to become an assassin. So she is a kind of an interesting character because she hasn't chosen to live this life. And she can't get out of it because should she choose not to follow through with an assignment or kill herself, the woman who is considered her mother, adoptive mother within the geisha organization, will be killed. And so she is motivated to keep going. And in this book, she has an opportunity to finally get out of her job career, so to say, and move on with her life if she can figure finish one more task. Her love interest in this book is Devin Lyons, and he appeared in the first book, and he's kind of been throughout several of the books as a secondary character. And he was a stockbroker who got in with the wrong people and got into Ponzi schemes and ended up almost getting killed and so a woman was responsible for taking almost killing him and so as a result he has no love for um the female sector and he is a little bit nervous about having a relationship with akira but they ultimately fall in love i hope i answered your question no you did great (laughs) so um is it is it true love or is it love of convenience it's like, because I've only got 10 days on this boat, but so I had to make it. She's, and she's been trained to be professional in, in you know, so in showing off her feminine wiles and, and her sexual needs. She can actually win a man over very easily. And so she actually starts falling in love with him. And he, in turn, falls deeply in love with her. But when he finds out who she is, it sours the grapes, to, so to say. And it doesn't look like they'll end up together, but ultimately he gets pulled into the mystery and he's forced to help her. And mm-hmm. so it changes the dynamics in the relationship. So what originally drew you to the character Akira? Um, it is really interesting. My husband is Japanese and I and he is an eighth grade black belt and he's been in the martial arts for many years, so I've been exposed to that element. But also I traveled to Japan Quite a, quite a bit with him on business trips and such. And I've had the opportunity to actually go into the micro quarters and meet professional geishas and 
and became very good friends with a mama-san about 30 years ago. And so as a result, I kind of feel like I have a little bit of insight into that life. Um, I'm also fascinated with Yakuza and with how for many years in Japan they were depended upon to help maintain the peace in Japan and kind of work behind the scenes with policemen, you know, to maintain justice. And so they became outlaws, but at one time they were much, you know, they were very sought after and appreciated. And so it was very interesting dynamics, and I felt like I wanted to explore that in my writing. That's amazing. Not many people get that opportunity to get to meet geishas and be a part of that community and understand it. Truly, yes. And this, it's, I mean, it's been it's been awesome for me. So, yes. And this is a world that it, me personally, I have no knowledge of, and no, and I feel like your book kind of opens my eyes to this this whole world that I had no idea. And unfortunately, I haven't read the, any of the other books, but the nice thing about this book is it, even though it's a part of the series, it's very much standalone. Yeah, I try to, when I write these books, I try to make them that way. But it's, it's very interesting because I've had a couple of people say they wish they'd known a little bit more about backgrounds. As, you know, as they read other books, and then they want to go back and read the other books. So it's, oh, yes. I think it's, it's really fun that way for me, because it gives you backstory when you go back to read it, but it doesn't hurt, you know, the dynamics of it, because each book truly does stand alone. They're individual stories that take the people in the story on adventures and all kinds of places around the world, and so it really doesn't damage it if you read them out of order. And you've written both series books and standalone books. How do you decide whether a book will f- um, feature a series character or not? Um, I think it's, it's you know, when I, I, I actually have been around so many people traveling that I'm fascinated with all the different individuals I meet. But when I first wrote my first book, Clary's Crossing, it was an inspirational book that I was motivated to write because of the death of my father and dealing with that, and we had kind of a strained relationship. And when he was dying, he came to me and asked me to sit with him, you know, and he told me a lot of stories about his past. When he died, I was kind of angry, and I felt like I had unresolved issues, and so that's why I wrote that book, which I became very passionate about. Um, But in doing that, I just felt like, oh, it was like cutting a vein, you know, and and letting all your emotions out. I didn't know if I could do another book like that. And so in writing these books, I wanted to make them interesting characters and that they were real and they could be serious, but they also had humor about them that drew people in and made them want to like them. So I couldn't make them all, you know, negative or nobody would want to read the book. (laughs) Yeah. So there's so much of your experience, your life experience that's in that first book. Um, Yes. How much do you put your life experience into your books, especially since that first one was so passionate for you? Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, you know, I draw on a lot of my experiences when I write. I think that's a plus for an author is because you can spend a great deal of energy doing research, but unless you really know your subject, it doesn't come across believable. And so, uh, you know, the characters I write about, they're little pieces of people I know, aspects of myself, um, experiences I've had, my travels. Every time I do something, I think, oh, there's potential for that to be a book. And so I've done a few cruises, and I've, you know, when I came home, I read about all kinds of scary things that have happened to different people on my 
I thought, what if you were on this boat and you couldn't get off and there's a murderer running around, you know? And so it's the, your imagination goes vivid, but I think it really helps to tap into your own experiences. So do you carry, um, I, I'm guessing that you must carry a journal or do you use your phone or how do you write down all these ideas that your imagination is running with? Oh, it's crazy. Well, I, I literally, when I go to bed at night, I dream up stories. It's really <laughs> nutty. So I keep a journal by my book, my bed, and I started doing it a few years ago because it drove me nuts because I'd wake up and then I'd forget things that I I think, oh, my God, i got to remember that. i got to remember that story or that line or that person. And so I started keeping just a notebook by my bed to write a few notes down. But it never fails. My best ideas are in my shower. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe I should have a recorder in there or something. You I don't should know. <laughs> definitely. I have seen for writers. I've yeah. seen oh, like it's similar to like a, a dry erase board that you can put in your shower. I'm not sure how oh, it works. God. I think I saw it on Amazon. I was looking to buy a gift for a friend of mine that is a writer, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." But is that too evasive <laughs> to buy a friend? Here you go. <laughs> I know. I think it's really cool. <laughs> I would take it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's it never fails though. Or I'll be in a car. So now I've gotten so I have my phone and I'll you know I'll message myself and stuff. But <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, it's really weird when I do books, they totally are in my mind. I dream them up. I, and it's it, a lot of authors storyboard, oh, yeah. they'll plot out a story and so forth. I don't do that. It's, um, I actually use Pinterest and so, cause I'm a visual person. Okay. So if I see if, you know, I have an idea, I'll start out. If you want to see what I'm going to be writing, you just have to go to my Pinterest page, which is for Kaylin. And when you go on there, it's like, I, you know, I know what my characters are going to look like. I kind of know what they're going to do. And I kind of plot the whole story out strictly that way because I like to see them while I'm imagining them at the same time. So when it comes time for all of these ideas um, and these images to actually come out and write a book, where is it that you write? What's a writing day like for you? Okay, well, it typically I get up in the morning. Um, have my coffee, send my husband off to work, and then I, you know, take care of all my emails and everything, and then I'll start writing by 10 o'clock. And I, a really day where I'm really sucked in to a story, I'll probably be writing four hours. So I try to, like, turn turn off the phones and, and um, disconnect for a while. And when I really am into probably the last couple chapters in my book, um, we are fortunate, even though I live... Beautiful place in Portland. We we're fortunate in having a second home in San Diego. So I'll fly down there and I will sequester myself and I will write nonstop. So I've been known to write all night long where I don't even go to bed at night. Oh my gosh. So yeah, because I just, I, especially if it's in the middle of a fight scene or, you know, real intense, you know, action part of the book, it's really hard for me to shut it off and go to bed at night because I keep thinking about it nonstop. And so I was reading that when you um, write romance novels or something, a romance side of the story, you keep a bottle of wine with you. Or if you're writing Heartbreak, you keep a bottle or a box of Kleenex. What do you exactly yes. keep next to you when you're writing a psychological thriller? Uh, everything. <laughs> Lots of pretzels. <laughs> to go with my wine. <laughs> It's, um, 
they're because they're nail biters, you know. Oh yeah. So um, they're funny, yeah. Um, but yeah, I get the munchies when I'm writing, like when I'm writing these kind of books. So I I just have snacks around all the time, but I always have a glass of wine. <laughs> I so, always, especially when it's a romance, I have to have a glass of wine. <laughs> what's your go? What's your go-to kind of wine? Oh, I love cabs. Okay. I'm, I'm a huge, yeah, cabs and Merlots. Those are my favorites. I don't think I can go wrong with those. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite brand of a cab or Merlot? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm Oregon, so we're like, we, we're wine central. We're right. really Pinot Noirs, you know. So um, I think Stoller. I think I'm really liking Stoller right now. So, mm-hmm. But a lot of wines down in California are phenomenal, too, so... Whenever I go down there, I try to stock up and bring them home with me. <laughs> Definitely a good idea. And your books fall into certain categories, you know, psychological th- thrillers and such. How would you categorize your books if you could just take away all those um, already outlined categories? How would you categorize your books? It's, I think it's, I, you know, it's, oh gosh, that's tough. Okay, I really see it as a suspense book. It's it's really tough nowadays because when I first started writing, they didn't allow you to mix genres. It was so when I first did Flaherty's Crossing, it's it's a it's it's kind of mainstream fiction with romantic elements, and that's how they defined it. But it's a suspense story too, and so it's very it was very tough to sell that book to get it onto a store shelf because I was mixing it up a little bit. But nowadays, authors are, are reaching out and they're. They're putting all kinds of genres together, which is kind of fun because you have a better idea of what you're getting into when you read this story. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a challenge to, to really define yourself as just one thing when you're a writer. But I, I guess imagine. you would call it suspense. Yeah. Okay. So what has been your most exciting topic to research for your books? Oh, my gosh. I loved, okay, when I was doing the very first Threads book, it's called Severed Threads, and I love doing research at the library at the beginning for the trade routes and understanding, you know, it's about treasure diving and, and reading about all the expeditions that have gone on and things they've found and, and how people lost their lives and how dangerous it is. And, but I was spending hours in the library reading you know, journals and books and books about it. Because I, I love the idea of scuba diving. My whole family scuba dives. But I have a fear of, get, you know, of getting under the water. I panic. I literally have panic attacks. And so in writing that book, I had to make it sound like I really knew what I was doing. And that I, and I had to come across sounding like a real scuba diver. So Because I didn't want somebody who had the experience to pick up the book and, <laughs> and figure out that I had all these mistakes that I made and so forth. So that was a huge challenge, but I loved doing it because I learned so much from it. That's awesome. And and so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, but but when I started doing like when I started doing the Japanese books, when I started doing buried threads and the last one, twisted threads, where they have Japanese elements, it was really tough to do research because yakuza books are very very limited. They don't write about them. You can't pick up, like, The Godfather, you know, <laughs> and read about Japanese mafias. It's just something that's not discussed. And so there's very, very limited research material for that. And when it, you get into talking about geishas and micos, it's very limited, too. The only thing you can do is watch movies. There really isn't any books that have really been written about them. So that's what compelled me 
to really want to do this because I felt like I could bring an insight into a lifestyle that a lot of people have never had the privilege of seeing. Oh, yeah. As reading the book, I mean, it's definitely a different aspect that I've never seen in any of the books that I've read up to this point. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And so does your husband kind of, has he helped you with some of the research or telling you what to look for? Yes. It's, well, I think it's, he's, he's really funny. He, he won't read my books because he, <laughs> he thinks they're a little bit too sexy for him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, you know, but I will, you know, ask information about, you know, relationships and how superiors, you know, relate to each other and, um, and how, organizations within, you know, Japanese companies and so forth, how they relate to each other and their superior and how they talk to each other and their show of respect, you know, and so forth. It's And he's very helpful that way to help me, especially the martial arts aspect, because in my, in this book, especially, there's the fighting scenes and there's where the, there are assassinations going on and sword fighting and so forth. So it's really helpful for him to kind of let me read and feed back a little bit and t- ask if that's correctly how that would happen. That's so great. It's just a nice little bonding experience, too. And I it I is. saw that you got to be a part of his business. So it's nice that he kind of has a role in your business <laughs> as well. Exactly. Yes. Um, my It's been really fun because taking a, a family recipe and turning it into a major conglomerate, you know, all these different businesses he's grown it's been amazing, but very, you know, very few people have an opportunity. I think it's timing, you know, because you might have that favorite jam or jelly or syrup or something that, you know, you've been making for years and you'd love to market it. But I think we just got lucky with timing for us. So it's, yeah, it's been fun working with him, though, with marketing promotions. That's great. And I'm sure that helps you with your books as well. You kind of know the drive of what could be translated into your industry as well. Yeah, it's re- I think it's really helped um, when it comes down to, you know, having to write letters and mm-hmm. and um, talk to agents and talk to publishing houses and so forth. I, it is definitely beneficial to, you know, to know how to sell yourself as an author and to sell your story. And so um, the only, you know, my thing is when I have to get up in front of a group, like a workshop or something, um, I have trouble stop talking. You know, it's like I get so excited. I get so wound up in what I'm doing. It's like, okay, I need to stop talking and pay attention to what's going on in the room. (laughs) And what would you say is the best advice that you've received as an author throughout your career? I think the best advice I could really give to someone who wants to get into this business is to read. Oh, my gosh. Read passionately because you're going to learn so much from the style of reading and it gives you such appreciation for you know, the written word, but how people think and how they put it down onto paper. And then also write about what you know. Don't try to fake it and try to write, you know, you've read a book and go, okay, now I can write it better. You know, a lot of people do that where they'll read a book at the end and go, I loved a book, but I can fix that. I can make it better. It's not so easy. You need to write about what you're passionate about, what you care about. And what deeply affects you and you believe is going to draw people in and make an impression on them as well. And so you mentioned before that this was probably going to be, or that Twisted Threads was probably going to be your last book in this series. So what is next for you? What do you think, where do you think you'll be going next? 
Um, I actually started doing an outline for the next book. I'm going to try my hand at a little sci-fi, so I'm going to oh. do a time travel story. So, but I'm going to put a very different, you know, twist on it. And so, um, but because I travel so much, it's going to be about traveling in an airplane and ending up, you know, in another time period and so forth. But it's, I think I, I'm very excited about doing this because it's going to be very different and drawing on creating brand new characters yeah. that I haven't had before. So, yeah. So that I've sounds exciting. Kind of yeah, and it's so funny. I ran the idea past my husband, and he loved it. He, <laughs> he actually tried to throw some other ideas at me. So <laughs> we'll see if they end up in the book or not. <laughs> and you mentioned that if you want to see what you're working on, look at your Pinterest board. Do you have fans that try and guess like what what's happening? Yeah, it's really interesting. I have, um, I think there's a couple thousand people that follow me on Pinterest, and it's 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 really interesting because I've had them write to me and ask me, okay, I see you're starting this, it, you know, where's this story going, what's going to happen next, and so forth. So it's it's very funny, but um, because I, you know, I, as I progress, my story changes, and so my storyboard changes too, and so um, when I do these characters, it's it's fun for me because I create them and then I let them kind of guide the story using, you know, whatever their problems are or whatever their personality or, or flaws are. I let them kind of guide the story. So sometimes the Pinterest changes. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, when it comes to where people can find your books. Um, yes. I, I see that you're on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um Audible is your is your latest book on Audible yet? Yeah, I'm actually I'm so excited because I've got a great reader who's recording it right now, and she she has ability to do an Asian accent as well as a British accent. So oh. it's going to be fun to see how she plays out this book. Yeah, so it's it's but all my books are on are are available in all formats, and so this one will be available in February in Audible so for people who love to hear them. Excellent. Well, before we let you go, what else um, should our listeners know about you as a person? Oh, my God. Interesting fact. Okay. Um, Oh, man. Let's see. Um, I think the fact, you know, I love to give back. I love my community and giving back. And so in doing that, my husband and I formed a foundation called the Soulful Giving Foundation. And we do an event once a year at our home, and about close to 5,000 people come um, on our grounds, 15 acres, and we do a benefit for cancer research where it's um, we bring in live music and food, and it's an incredible event. And so I'm passionate about, I think, giving back to my community, and, um, and I'd love to see more people do that. So... And yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> the benefit that, um, so Soulful Giving Foundation, do you guys choose a different cancer research every year, or is there one specific organization that you guys provide to? Well, we are, we, um, we every year we, we kind of make a decision, my board does, but we have for the last few years focused primarily on children's cancer. Okay. And so we, Randall Children's Hospital that is in Portland, you know, we, we help to donate funds there. We also support Providence Cancer Institute, which is um, a hospital that's in Portland. They actually have medical staff there, and we are 
supporting a doctor doing research right now. So it's we love to see in our lifetime to see a cure for this, as I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. But if we can make a difference while we're around, we sure want to try. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Kaylin, we want to thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday to sit down and <laughs> oh, be on our happy. podcast. Um, and we'll okay, def- so my question, do yes. I get to ask a question Oh, now? sure. Sure. Okay, so you guys are. You have. Do you have wine every day? Because I mean, that's who you are. <laughs> you have a glass of wine, like while you're doing these podcasts. Depending on curious. the time of day, we 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 do. Um, since it was just noon when we called you um, here in Colorado, we we stuck like with the early. stuck with the Starbucks. But um, yes, uh. we do like to have our wines. I'm a big fan of the the sweet stuff, the whites, and the. Ah, the bubbly stuff, yeah. and then Amber's kind of more yeah. of the, the I reds. love red wine, so I'm a big cab and Merlot person in Malbec. Yeah. Oh, great. You and I would get along great. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, ladies. It was fun talking with you. All right. We wish you nothing but the best. You have a wonderful weekend. You, too. Have a great holiday, too. Thanks. Right. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. You found us once, but can you find us again? Make sure and check out our website at twogirlsandabottleofwine.com. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher. All of our links can be found on Tumblr and Blogspot. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.